Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee. A beautiful Wednesday morning here in Columbia. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, along with Maurice Patton. JP Plan is always on the controls. It is yet another great day outside here in Columbia, Tennessee. 52 degrees and sunny. You know, we were talking, I, I guess I was talking to uh, a guy at the wedding I was at on Saturday. Matter of fact, it was the bartender, because of course you talk to the bartender. We we were talking about how great Middle Tennessee is weather-wise, and how you actually get all four seasons, but I didn't really expect them all today. Exactly. <laughs> the hive almost 80 i'm like you know what i don't know what to wear <laughs> yeah we kind of ran into that dilemma yesterday, yesterday as we were out and about yeah um dressed for the morning and weren't for the afternoon yeah so well. so today <laughs> we look completely different he's Mar- mo's got on his long sleeves over here in his jeans and i'm wearing sh- a polo and shorts. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't really so know what At to least do. one of us will be comfortable anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Mo, how's it going? It's going well, man. Um, big night last night as, as I'm trying to curate all of the results from last night. There was a lot going on. Yeah, we had, I mean, on top of the obvious pro sports hmm. with... Yeah. With uh, the Titans and the Braves and, and whatnot, there was a plethora of high school sports, and you were out at one of those. Uh, you, you made your way up to, to Page High School where Spring Hill soccer took place. Yeah. Um, final score, Page 3, Spring Hill, nothing. I was trying to come up with something cute and catchy to say but um spring hill played pretty well defensively early on but they were under a lot of pressure early on and and eventually page got a couple through in the last 10 minutes of of the first half and spring hill really never could get a lot going offensively um we've got coverage by the way of that game that 11 double a tournament semifinal game on the website at sm-tnsports.com but yeah spring hill season comes to an end and page will play murfreesboro central which on penalty kicks defeated nolensville two to one last night in the other district semifinal game so that should be nolensville was a 
Did they go to state? Last they went year? to state last year. So they went in soccer and volleyball last year. Mm-hmm. Well, well, they're not going in soccer this not year. Not going in soccer this. They will definitely be in there in volleyball. I have a feeling. Uh, yeah. So, on top of that, though, while Spring Hill season ended, Columbia Central season did not. Did not. Yeah. The um, the Lady Lions in their District Eight AAA play-in game last night at home against Lincoln County defeated the Lady Falcons three one. Uh, from from the indication, sounds like. Senior Lakeisha Rosales had a big night for the Lady Lions in um, extending their season. So they will now go on Thursday to top-seeded Franklin County. And with their 2-10 and 10 record in tow. Last night's win was their second of the year. I'll, I'll say this. When I was a freshman in high school, our girls' basketball team – happened to be in one of those three-team areas. And so the, all they had to do was win the play-in game at the of the 2-3 the, the, the matchup. They won two games my freshman year and went to the sub-state. So, <laughs> and they beat that team twice. Oh, so, I mean, it can happen. But here, here's the thing. You know, we were talking on the way over here – just because you're the one seed doesn't mean that you can uh, that you can cruise because last night Centennial gets a win over Franklin. Yeah. Over top-seeded Franklin. Of course, you just heard Nolansville lost. So, you know, being the one seed doesn't necessarily mean anything. No, no. and um, Especially if you're the Dodgers, Pernell. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Centennial actually played a play-in game. Um I think that's a six-team region, a six-team district, and so they were the, the top two seeds get a bye. Yeah. Okay. And so was Indy three? I think so. Okay. So no, 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 no. That, that no, Indy that was four or five. Centennial beat Independence. Yep. Some so, six. Yeah. So so Centennial was the five seed mm-hmm. coming in here. They they beat the four seed. So they've won back to back games on the road. They'll be on the road again Thursday when they go to Ravenwood, which knocked off second seed Brentwood last night as well. Uh, one to nothing. Wild. So. It's it's yeah. it's crazy. Soccer postseason around here apparently is a little wide open. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're talking about folks who didn't get a summer and now they they finally got some games under them, they 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 maybe jailed a little bit. Maybe some of those young kids have gotten some experience, and now here you are at postseason time. And like we talked about, peaking at the right time, peaking at the right time. And I'm not sure when the last time was or if Centennial has gotten out of the district in girls soccer. So um. Congratulations to the Lady Cougars up there. All right. And uh, we did want to talk about volleyball. We we definitely did want to talk about volleyball. Because yeah. some some very positive results. We'll, we'll save the best for last year. Yeah, some positive results and some familiar faces in particular. Um, as both Summertown and Loretto had to travel over to Jackson for their Region 6A tournament. They played at Liberty Tech over there. And... Um, as expected, Loretto beat Madison Academic in straight sets. Summertown defeated Scotts Hill in straight sets. And maybe not as expected, Summertown defeated Loretto 
in straight sets. So Summertown will host their Class A sectional on Thursday. They will take on Hickman County, and Loretto goes to Harpeth on Thursday. Those winners will advance to the Class A state tournament that starts Tuesday. Class A will be played at Stewart's Creek over in Murfreesboro. All of the tournament games, including the championships, will be played at satellite locations, I guess for lack of a better phrase. MTSU will not be available for the championship games as they have been in years past because of the coronavirus pandemic. So, So, in the tournament that I covered a while back, Hickman County and Summertown played, and let me tell you, this could be a really intriguing matchup because Hickman County was missing several players and had just gotten off a 14-day quarantine when they played in that tournament. I would not be shocked for this to be a very good matchup between two very good volleyball teams, and I'm a little surprised Hickman County is the runner-up out of that region. Yeah, Here's what I think, though. Um, Much like that gym has an impact on basketball games, I I would think – I've never seen a volleyball game at Summertown, and I might remedy that Thursday. But I'm thinking that the tightness of that gym has an impact on volleyball as well. Just not necessarily a physical impact, but it probably makes you feel a little closed in. I'm, I would be interested to – to see what impact, what what effect that has. I have seen a volleyball match at Summertown, and mm-hmm. it is snug. It it is, but you know the the bleachers there. One, they're a little bit off the ground, mm-hmm. so like you're sitting above the players, which is really cool. You know, you don't have to sit behind the players if you're on the front row. And but the 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 color of the the bleachers is like a the deep, dark dark deep, brown yeah yeah and it's a it, it makes for an interesting aesthetic yeah it's it's it's, it's dark a, in there it's a fun gym man i am um, although i will say the first time i walked in there it was at halftime of a christmas tournament involving columbia central and as i walked in um eli mccoy was laid out on that baseline on the end where that cinder block is um because he had run into it and sustained a head and neck injury that that cost him the rest of his junior season. I mean, I'm just not sure when you get a bunch of really big, really fast athletes in there that 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 place is big enough, but it's it's certainly a unique surrounding and it'll be interesting when Hickman County rolls in there on Thursday, I think. Meanwhile, Loretto goes to Harpeth for their Class A sectional matchup on Thursday. Right. Uh, in in Class 5A, I'm sorry, Class 3A. There you there's go. There's no 5A. In Class 3A. Um, <laughs> and there shouldn't be in football. <laughs> Summit fell to Brentwood in the championship match of the mm-hmm. regionals, but they did defeat Dixon County, which means they will advance to the next round, which is sectionals, mm-hmm. aka substate. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, last night, first, the first 
set of last night's match against Brentwood. Summit takes a 20 to 19 lead in that first set, but six quick points later, yeah, yeah. Brentwood gets the 25 20 win. They finished that off with a 25-12 and 25-18 victories to get straight set wins in that region. Uh, exactly what you expected was Brentwood to come out of there. Uh, and, and again, we'll, we'll continue our coverage of Summit mm-hmm. and their run to potentially the state tournament uh, yeah, it would, this week. This is their first sectional, which would mean that if they – when Thursday, Thursday at Station Camp, that would be their first state tournament appearance. That's right. Meanwhile, Brentwood will host Lebanon in sectional play on Thursday. Not shocking. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, Destiny Cherry did play last night for Summit, so that's good news for them as they go over to Station Camp. Yeah, the, so but, the, the, Butler, the, the Butler University commit. That's That's pretty impressive. So... All right. And we've got um again we've got coverage of Summit's appearance in the Region Six AAA tournament. We've got a little Summertown coverage. Uh, we've got that page Spring Hill, and we've got some cross country coverage from the Ring Farm All Comers Meet that took place yesterday at ring farm <laughs> shocking <laughs> yeah go figure uh, all of that's on the website at sm-tnsports.com so um go check that out we've got some photo galleries up there from some of yesterday's action as well and when we come back we're going to talk with mount pleasant football coach bronson bradley his team gets their first win last week and i'm sure he is excited about continuing that momentum so when we come back on southern middle tennessee sports today we'll talk to bronson bradley stay tuned we'll be right back when we're out covering sports in and around murray county communication between maurice and i is absolutely vital to our success When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Wednesday, October 14th, 25 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock here on 1017 FM WKOM. Glad to be with you, and we are glad you are here with us. Again, sm tnsports.com is where you can find all of our. High school sports coverage, plenty of results, photos, just about anything else that uh, you need in local high school sports, you can find right there. Right now, we want to bring in the Mount Pleasant Tigers head football coach, Bronson Bradley, whose team got a big 27-20 win over Loretto last Friday and he told me he said we're pretty good when we have everybody 
on our team available. And while he didn't have everybody available, he had the majority of it, and they got a big win over those Mustangs. So we welcome in Coach Bronson Bradley to the show. Coach, welcome. Thank you. Coach, um, as, as Chris alluded, um, you didn't have everybody, but obviously you had enough. Um, best game you played to this point, I would think. Is this what you kind of envisioned from this team from the start of the season? Uh, absolutely. We had uh, everybody but two, I think we were missing. Uh, we still had one on quarantine, and then, of course, Ethan Beasley was out. Uh, for a knee injury against Loretta. So I was a little worried about that and how the guys react to their leader being on the sideline. But by far the best game we played all season, uh, we had uh, not only did we have them back, but we had them back for practices. Uh, so we had a full week of practice last week with all those guys back and on board. And, uh, yeah, since from, from uh, probably since week one, of course week one we were missing our kicker, which I think was the – uh, which was the edge for Summertown in the first game. We lost by a point. Uh, but, yeah, we uh, first week back, we were excited to have everybody back for all the practices, uh, and uh, those guys were ready to go, and it showed when we got on the field. We uh, jumped on top of Loretta, a pretty good team, uh, won a game that we probably weren't supposed to win, wasn't picked to win, I'm guessing, uh, and I think we showed well, that, hey, we are, we're a pretty good team when we have everybody back for a, for a full week of practice, and, no COVID regulations or anything like that. So we hope to take that momentum into the rest of the season and uh, see what we can do. But that's exactly, as a football coach, that's exactly what you want and what you expect from your team. Well, one of us I, picked you to win. I, I know at least one person that did not pick <clears throat> you to win, Coach. But, um, <laughs> um, you, talk, you talked about that first game against Summertown, that 13-12 game that you did not have Jackson Collier for your kicker. Mm -hmm. um, you – were unable to get either of those two point conversions that you went for. Yeah, How or much at all? And, oh, okay. How much do you feel like that result impacted y'all start? I mean, one and zero looks a whole lot different than zero and one, especially uh, 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 with young kids. Yeah, one hundred percent. That first game, uh, like I said, we couldn't, we didn't kick very good. But we had, we lost two punts. Uh, what deep in uh summertown territory and it was just a, a bad ending uh we played good the game i thought we had a couple of turnovers but uh yeah but that one and oh is a whole lot better than oh and one going into your next game especially because the next week we we didn't play uh and you had two right. weeks to really think about it and uh and that's a big big deal uh wrestling then comes into our house with uh, a lot of momentum and uh and then uh pulls the upset on us and you know that's another touchdown game so, yeah, that, I think that had a lot to do with what, the way we started. And then from there, kind of the snowball effect from COVID took over the rest of the season up until last week. Coach, as you talk about the issues that you've had with COVID, having players in and out and not playing and playing, and you've not had a full game where you've had – I don't think you've had the same offensive line twice this season – in this Loretto game, you you get up twenty seven to six, and then give up a couple of touchdowns one in, you know, one in the third, one in the fourth. Is 
is that kind of something that that has that goes back to conditioning and having that depth and not having played enough games to really condition yourself for four quarters? No, that's exactly what it was uh, in the second half, conditioning from kids that hadn't been out there playing. Uh, That and Loretta was a two-platoon team. They didn't have the same line on offense and defense. So those guys are coming in and out, and my guys are going, you know, a lot of us are going both ways. Uh, So that, I think, had a lot lot to do with our second half, the momentum in the second half. That and, you know, we were – we were focused on, you know, we've got a lot of young guys out there. Do you keep the uh, – do you try to start throwing and, and gain the lead or do you try to run that clock? And because we were out of shape, you know, and we could tell that Loretta still two percent in their kids, uh, the best strategy at that time was just try to run that clock, don't try to do anything extra, uh, and play defense. And uh, I thought we played good defense. You know, we give up two big plays uh, there in the third – one in the third and one in the fourth both pass plays that uh, where we got a, got a little out of uh, out of coverage um but for the most part yeah that was our that was the biggest reason of why in the second half uh we kind of kind of had a let up but it is it was a bit expected but this week you know uh we're working on that hard conditioning getting back in shape game shape and hopefully that will not show its head in the remainder of the season you know when you talk about running the ball you um you had a pretty good guy to do it with. Xavier Davidson, mm-hmm. 14 carries, 162 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, um, and clearly one of the one of the better ground game performances that you guys have had this year um, when you wanted to run that clock, being able to turn and give it to him was a pretty good option yep. for you. Yeah, and then having uh, Dontavious Ellison uh, blocking for him, that was huge. Uh, it was his first uh, – First game back, and uh, he, he showed out. He could show that, man, we, we need a big play. Look for uh, look for big 59 and try to get Xavier Davidson behind him. Uh, and Kevin Cooper's had a little uh, hamstring issue, so uh, he's, a, he's another sense. guy that can go. Two young guys that have really stepped up this season to run the ball. Not very big yet, uh, but I think a couple of, couple of years in the weight room, both those guys are going to be uh, hard to handle. And then, uh, like I said, uh, that line, as a good point earlier, was we, that was uh, probably the sixth ball game. That's a six different uh, starting lineup on the line that we had since game one. That was the, the lineup we had in game one against Summertown. And then uh, we finally got the same lineup. Not the same because we're still missing our tight end, but uh, I thought Gavin Alderson did a good job there at tight end, uh, filling in for uh, uh, Tyler Berry, mm-hmm. who was out for uh, quarantine. Okay. You know, that's that's a pretty stark realization right there that you went five straight games with five different offensive line combinations and yeah. particularly doing what you guys do offensively. That's huge. Yeah, it is, yeah. And then we had – but I think it was kind of good too because we had freshman linemen in there. Uh, uh, Zion Robson did a uh, – pretty good job as a freshman to fill in for uh someone like a uh don tavis ellison uh you know for a couple of weeks jacob randolph was off and he filled in for that guy uh so we yeah i thought that in one way you like it you you're kind of excited to see those young guys playing in varsity another way it's like well they they should be playing jv games not 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 uh getting getting their first starts in varsities right right um Speaking with Bronson Bradley, Mount Pleasant football coach, and 
obviously this this season has been a struggle with everything that you've had go on. At the same time, you you've still got some things to play for. Obviously, you've got more county at the tail end of this season and could either be a playoff type situation or you could spoil something for them. I mean, mm-hmm. what are you what are you saying to your kids? coming down the stretch here, coming out of this win against Loretta? Yeah, well, before Loretta, we, we kind of figured uh, Cornersville did not want to play uh, in their open week. So, that they, you know, they took that win from us, uh, or even, at least a try to get in the, into the playoffs. So that kind of put us out with even out a chance, uh, with, with all our guys healthy, that is. Uh, so we're going into uh, Loretta saying, hey, we're resetting the season. This is going to be our playoff run. We're going to try to go 4-0 uh, going into Moore County. You know, we know Moore County is going to be a playoff team, uh, so we can uh, try to play spoiler alert for them. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, you never know. Something may happen and COVID wins go somewhere else, and that may be a playoff game for us. Uh, Doubtly, I mean, the percentage, I mean, it's uh, probably not in the playoffs, but we're going to we're gonna finish out this season. I think the guys are excited, uh, especially with that win to start it with, that uh, we're going we're gonna to go into Moore County, and we're going to treat that like uh, – like a, a playoff game, uh, and it's going to uh, we beat them. I think we can prove a prove our point that we're not that uh, not the worst in the district. We just had some uh, tough starts, uh, but I, I'm proud of our guys the way they handled it. They're not they didn't get their head down, didn't have anybody quitting on us or anything like that. We're still playing football here in Mount Pleasant. Yeah, and that was one of the reasons that I picked you guys, Coach. I know the the type of atmosphere you guys have over at Mount Pleasant is a never quit attitude. And that's a credit to you and your staff. So we definitely want to commend you for it, for that and those kids for buying into such an attitude. Looking forward on Friday, you have a huge game against your crosstown rival as Zion Christian comes to town and you have to be excited about the atmosphere you guys will have inside that stadium on Friday. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, we got that the team down the road, you know, they're six, seven miles, uh, really close, uh, big rivalry. We finally got that game going back last year, uh, getting that scheduled back. Uh, it's going to be a good gate for us. We should have a lot of fans out for it. Uh, it's going to be homecoming and, uh, it'll be our senior night when we got all our guys back. So we uh, planned on having all that stuff back when we had our kids back. So it's going to be a whole lot of things going on uh, this week. And we hope we don't uh, – that we're focused. I think our guys will be focused. Uh, but, uh, you know, Zion's coming in. They're a pretty good football team. They they uh, they can score points for sure. I think uh, Turco, uh, the quarterback there, is mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the leading passers and leading uh, rushers in the county if i'm not mistaken that's correct uh, so they've got a high-powered offense and uh, we just hope to uh to slow that down a little bit uh we got a lot of respect for that kid and uh i think it's a sullivan kid he throws a lot of the balls too so those both those guys can make plays uh so we're not definitely not overlooking a zion uh, and it's uh we're looking at it, it's gonna be a huge game it's a robbery game for us and uh, we need it's one that uh even though it's no playoff implications like as we said but we're that's why we look at it that we we want to we want to finish strong the season, and that's the way we're looking at this game as well. Yeah, Coach, per- you, Perco you, does lead the county in both rushing and passing, and Sullivan leads the county in receiving. So there yep. you go. <laughs> that's, that's not bad. With that <laughs> yeah. said, you you talk about um 
their ability to put points up and the pressure that that puts on your defense. Do you expect, Ethan, your two-time All-State selection over on that side of the ball to be back for Friday night? We do expect him to be back. Uh, so that was a good thing. He was cleared. Uh, we've been keeping him out of contact. Uh, and it was a deep contusion on his kneecap. So, uh, and it was uh, caused by some low blocks by Huntland. Um uh, and uh, like three or four really low blocks on him that they were flagged for. Of course, uh, that's part of it when you got a big guy and, and uh, a little kid wanting to take him out. But anyway, that uh, he should be back. We're keeping out of contact this week, uh, and he's he's ready to go. He's been to practice in the walkthroughs and uh, coaching up the guys behind him. So we do expect that him to be back and uh, hopefully take away the rushing part of that, yeah. especially. And, and you talk about the impact that Ethan Beasley has on your team, uh, not just defensively, but, I mean, he is definitely that that leader for you all. Yeah. And to be able to get him back on the field with, with that, you know, with everything he brings, just, just oh, yeah. the, the physical ability, the, the, the smarts that he brings at that position, and, and yeah. the emotion, I guess that's got to be um, a really big addition for you guys going into Friday. Absolutely. He's uh, the quarterback of that defense, and he gets the plays called, tries to get everybody lined up correctly. Uh, and uh, he's just his leadership, and just, just the fact that he's out there, you know, and those guys look look to him to be that leader and playmaker. Uh, that's huge when you got a guy like that on your football team. And, and I would think, Coach, we talked earlier this season, for a senior class that's had as much success as, as those guys have, it's tough to send them out like this. Oh yeah, you know they, uh, they, like I said, they've been extremely uh, successful uh, and uh, and just a bunch of great kids uh, to coach. I've always enjoyed coaching that group and uh, and the, uh, so that just to have them, you know, finally and it was good for them. I told them the other night uh, in our in our huddle that uh, that win was big, you know, and I've won a, I've won several games in my career. And but that one was for them. It was most for me. It was most satisfying just to get a win for those guys. Uh, just not just for them, but everybody on that team that has been through and has stepped up. And uh, that's what they've been working for. And that was big for them to have that win. Uh, not only for the seniors, but for the whole group that's been, you know, just uh, working as hard as they can to get that in there. Uh, but yeah, for the senior class, uh, we we hope to we send them out and hope they. Uh, stay focused and everybody stand focused and we're one of the things we're battling is consistency i think uh just being consistent with those young guys and uh, like i said with the lineup and that kind of stuff and when we're consistent we're a pretty good football team maybe um getting maybe not having to deal with six different offensive line combinations will help in the future <laughs> yeah consistency across the lineup kind of helps consistently in the stat book sometimes but uh, Coach Bronson Bradley at Mount Pleasant, last week's 27-20 winner over Loretto. They get Zion Christian at the Mount on Friday night. Really excited about this game. Going to be a barn burner, no doubt. Coach, thanks for taking some time today and uh, and hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you, Coach. Go Tigers. All right, hey. Hoka, hey. All right, Coach O. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I like it. Go, ti go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> That's right. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, kind of, well, maybe Coach O. There's a big news out of the Power Five conferences 
pretty excited to, to talk about that. So when we come back, we'll talk about that and we'll preview the rest of the games that are coming up on Friday night and tell you when to expect full previews on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Mo, do you have something better to do on Saturday? <laughs> i got all sorts of then better to, things to do on Saturday. Then take the trash out? Without question. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Steve circulates up in Franklin, though. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, we got several uh, several high school Sports going on the rest of the week. Not much going on tonight. As a matter of fact, nothing going on tonight. But that's okay. I do want to tell you and recap kind of what we talked about earlier. But before we tell you about the teams who are going to play tomorrow, we'll tell you about the teams who the team who isn't going to play next week. And uh, next Friday on the 23rd, Columbia Academy will not be playing Clarksville Academy as Clarksville Academy is apparently under a two-week quarantine for covid so that is a region win for the bulldogs and and a much needed one a much needed one a win to a win this week and a win in week 11 could potentially put ca into the playoffs i'm still not exactly sure how the division 2a west region is going to shape up but um Oh, don't like six teams get in? <laughs> I think so. I think there are like six teams that get in, and, and they play their final home game of the season this weekend against Tipton Rosemark. And so um, a win there and then a win against Clarksville Academy, a COVID win there, probably for everything that they've dealt with, has them in – a pretty good situation heading into that season finale down at Fayette Academy. Pretty, pretty good, relatively speaking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but, but they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to help themselves out a little bit as well. Yeah. So, we'll see how that goes. So there you go. Uh, CA will not play Clarksville Academy next week, but they have some time if they want to pick up a game because they've missed several. So they've missed. They missed. Two for their own COVID issues. Did they miss one earlier than that? Uh, they No, they played the first week of the yeah, year. Yeah, they played the first week. They lost Marshall County, but they went up to Clay County instead. So, so yeah. Well, Pearl Cone's open. So is Summit. Summit CA? That'd be fun. <laughs> I don't think Coach Lansdale would go for that. <laughs> Either one of them. He might. I don't know. Well, I mean, they he was back down. he was considering Knoxville West. That's true. He was considering so, Knoxville West. So, so at least Summit's closer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. 
we'll knows? see. We'll both, see. Both of them will be open next yeah, week. Yeah, they so. will. They then well, and and apparently Coach Coleman didn't like our Summit Pearl Cone idea. No, he, still he hadn't was, heard back from him. Yeah, he's not a fan. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so tomorrow night in volleyball we have Summit at S- Station Camp. Station Camp. Mm-hmm. I almost said Stewart's Creek, but no. so Summit at Station Camp. Mm-hmm. Summertown's at home. They'll play Hickman County. Loretta goes to Harpeth. Loretta goes to Harpeth. Columbia Central Soccer will be at Franklin County. At Franklin County down in Winchester. And that's about that's, it. That's about it as far as local teams. Yeah. All right. So that's your Thursday schedule. We'll have a Friday night football. That Thursday schedule, by the way, will be up on the website at sm-tn.com along with last night's results here in the next bit hmm? because I'm multitasking. Hey, that's all good. <laughs> um, Friday night football, of course, we have a full slate of games, which is, yeah, and when I say a full slate, I do mean a full slate. Other, I mean. Everybody's playing. Everybody's playing. So, and nobody's playing each other, unfortunately. Yeah, they are. Oh, what, Zion and Mount Pleasant. Yeah, but go. that's still. Yeah. One of our games features two, two local, local teams. teams. So, Columbia Central's at Page. Cornersville at Richland. Independence hosts Dixon County. Summertown hosting Eagleville. Marshall County is at Spring Hill. Summit is at home against Shelbyville. Columbia Academy will take on Tipton Rosemark at home. And then Zion is at Mount Pleasant. So that's going to be, like I said, full slate of games. Everybody's on the field. So uh, as of right now, I mean, we've had some Thursday issues. So we'll just leave that be. (sighs) (laughs) We've had some Friday issues. We've had some Friday issues. But anyway. I want to talk about this article I read from Dennis Dodd over yesterday. The majority of Power 5 schools favor breaking away to form own division within the NCAA. However, less than half surveyed are interested in fully separating from the NCAA. So I guess either way, 61% of Power 5 schools support establishing their own division within the NCAA that could decide its own operating rules. Now, I assume what that means is they will use the NCAA eligibility requirements while, I guess, writing their own rules for said sports? I don't know. I mean, I, I hadn't seen the article. and Here's what I can tell you. If it, if it means hashtag ban targeting, I'm in. <laughs> I can get with that. My question is, how is, say, an LSU, just off the top of my head. Equestrian? Yeah, no. No, how is LSU going to play football in whatever federation this is and continue to play its other sports under the umbrella of the NCAA? This would be actually a completely new division in the NCAA in all sports except basketball, according to um, Michael Cross, a Knight Commission consultant who summarized the questions. So this is going to be within the NCAA, basically as a power five Correct. Division. The reason The reason not for basketball is the NCAA tournament 
has, makes too much money. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line. But yeah. it's it also includes. I mean, when you talk about basketball, there are other conferences that mm-hmm. make sense, like the the Big East, and that are not football conferences, right? Yeah, okay. which would be within that power conference level mm-hmm. in that sport. Okay. It's intriguing. I think anything that you can do new and different probably deserves some consideration just for the fact that I'm not sure that what's being done right now is working in the best interest of everyone that's involved. And so if you can find something else that works better for everyone involved, I don't know that there's anything wrong with finding that. The problem that I have is, does that mean that all non-conference games will now be within this division? Which is not a problem. I don't have a problem with that necessarily as far as competition goes. What I have a problem with is that you know, Jacksonville State re- relies on playing Florida State and Ole Miss and Auburn to fund their program. Well, one, sucks to be Jacksonville State. But two, you know, they play them now. I mean, you see the occasional FCS But you're FBS talking about a whole, game, t- you're talking about a whole new set of rules. They all play under the same rules. Well, I guess, and I, and I guess it depends on what those rules are as to whether a J State is even going to want to play those guys under those rules, even as much as those games subsidize their football budget, their athletic budget as a whole. That you know, maybe it's no longer palatable under whatever those new rules are for them to play them. I mean, and I'm it, not sure if it's I'm not sure if it's actual game rules mm-hmm. or if they're just tired of the governance. The uh, issue with the money and paying players for image and likeness and that sort of thing. You know, if it's administratively driven, if it's presidentially driven, that kind of thing, I think that that probably is a lot of it again. I've not seen the article yet, but it sounds like this is coming from, you know, off the field. This isn't coach AD speak necessarily to oh, seem no. like this, it, is, it, this is this is this is ivory tower ish it is yeah. and i think that's kind of important because according to this story and again this is from the night commission uh, which does surveys throughout college sports and and other things i mean they, mm-hmm. they do surveys for everything right only 20% of Division One presidents responded to the survey. So, hmm. 30% of ADs and two-thirds of the 32 D1 commissioners. So, this is presidents, ADs, and conference, and commissioners. conference commissioners. So, I guess we could ask Matt if he voted. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it reached down to Division Two, but we are efforting to get Columbia Central graduate and Gulf South Conference Commissioner Matt Wilson on with us um, hopefully one day next week to discuss what's not going on with the Gulf South, which the answer to that is fall sports. But um, 
I'm sure he would have some insight into this, even if it doesn't necessarily involve D2. So, well, not it's, it's it's an interesting topic, and and again, it's it's not something that's going to go away anytime soon. No, not surprisingly, significantly less than half of the schools in the Group of Five FCS and non-football playing Division One schools supported the concept. So far fewer than half. No, not surprisingly. not surprisingly. Yeah, that's all good. Um, you know, I, I'm curious just to see, like you said, it's not going to go away. I'm curious to see how it continues to play out. So really excited about that. Yeah. And, high, you know, college sports is, is broken in, at, the, at the highest level. And that's what I tell people all the time. They say, you know, well, why do you not – why do you work on Saturdays and, and, and DJ weddings instead of watching college football? I'm like, because – Look, college football is it's a business and I'm just not a big thing for me anymore. I kind of got away from it. I, I really enjoy watching the FCS level because I, I'm not sure who it was. One of our guests said something about just the the purity of the game, uh, talking about high school. Mm-hmm. I still think there's a lot of purity in that FCS level. So that's that's one reason that I that I enjoy watching that level. And plus, you still get to see some folks, you know, who have that D1 level talent. Oh, absolutely. Um, you've got guys. You see guys at FCS that you're going to eventually see on Sundays. I mean, people don't necessarily think that during the recruitment process, but if you can play, they'll find you. That's right. Trail Owens, UTC, one of the greats. Um, among others. Among others. That's right. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to be talking about last night's near heart attack that Mo and I had. So we'll talk Braves baseball. We'll talk a little bit about the Titans. In the second hour, we have Teresa Walker, AP sports editor in the state of Tennessee. All that and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. To Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. You know, it it's a beautiful day outside here in Columbia. It really is. I mean, folks, it's 60 degrees, it's sunny, it is nice and beautiful, but it could be 32 degrees snowing with no sun anywhere near in sight. And it would still be a beautiful day because the Atlanta Braves are 2-0 in the National League Championship Series over the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's right. You heard me. 2-0. 2-0. I don't don't think there's... Hey! That's what I like to hear. I don't think there's any way I could have imagined that coming into this series. 
And no. And I think the one thing that I'm realizing that some national baseball analysts, because I'm not going to call them experts. Clearly not. Need to realize is these guys are pretty good. They need to start analyzing the Atlanta Braves instead of everyone else. Maybe. Because I'm here to tell you, as good as I thought this pitching staff was in the first uh, – the top three pitchers, I, I believe Max Freed, Ian Anderson, and and Kyle Wright are pretty good, okay? I I believe they're good. I don't – well, I can tell you. I know I did not expect both of them to do what they've done to this point. There's no way you could. I mean – One run among the two of them in, what, nine innings, I guess? In their first postseason. It's insane. And there, there's just no way to have expected that. Anybody. No. You know, I, not, not Brian Even Snitker, Braves fans. Not Alex Anthopoulos. Nobody could have expected Max Freed and Ian Anderson to go out and deal the way they have in six combined postseason starts to this point. Their first six postseason starts. The only unfortunate issue that they've had to this point is the Los Angeles Dodgers are very, very patient at the plate, mm. and they foul off a lot of really good pitches. Well, I mean, at one point last night, though, the Braves had walked six, but they'd only given up one hit, and the Dodgers hadn't scored. Right. So, I mean – you don't want to walk people, but the Dodgers are going to make you walk people. They're going to run your count, that pitch count up. And, you know, they're trying to get starters out of the game, which works in a lot of situations. Getting into the Atlanta bullpen is not – Sands it, Josh it, Tomlin. It, anyway. Come on now. I, I'm not uh, mad let, at let's, Josh. I'm well, let's, let's not be reactionary, though. I sure. mean, for the most part, Tomlin's been pretty much nailed and this year. Everyone, even Mentor. Mentor gave up a three-run homer, and sure. he's been very good this year. This this was a night that I think there may have been a little bit of relaxation. Mm -hmm. You're up 7-0. You know, yeah. you kind of go in there. And, and look, even with men on base, I'm sitting there saying – just throw it in the zone, let them hit it, and, okay. let's, and let's see what happens. <laughs> well, we saw what happened. And that's okay because you're up 7 nothing. There's no reason not to. Until you're up 7-3 and until you're and, up 8-7. And at, that, eight, point, seven and, well, at yeah. that point, yeah, you, you make adjustments. But at 7-0, you've gotten Bellinger out. on. You've struck him out three times in the series. He's not hit you hard. By the way, the Atlanta Braves have uh, driven Mookie Betts playoff postseason batting average under 300 now. Guy's gotten one hit. One. Now he's walked a bunch, yeah. but he's got one hit. So it, this is a pitching staff as a whole. Like you said, when you get into the Atlanta bullpen, it, it's usually game over. Right. Now, last night, different story. An error here, a bad hop there. You know, just just some some bad luck, but and the thing about that is, you know, just like we were talking, just like you and I were talking off air yesterday afternoon, with Kershaw not making this start and didn't know if the Dodgers were playing games or or what the deal was. Apparently, he's seriously injured, but you don't know where the momentum turn comes, and so. 
when it's 8-3, when it's 8-7, whatever, you know, you still don't know if the Dodgers didn't take something out of that late flurry last night that kind of sparks them coming into today. And so you, whenever you've got the chance to put your foot on somebody's neck in this situation in particular, you, you better take advantage of it because you, you don't know what's going to flip that switch. Yeah, and thankful for Ozzy Albies to Mark Melanson connection for that solo home run oh, caught man. by Melanson in the bullpen because without that, who knows, we might still be playing. Ozzy from the right side? Yeah, and, you know, Smoltz actually mentioned that. He said, I think he's got a lot more power from the the right. And I'm like, yeah, no, you, you think? It's like it's the first time he's seen him hit right-handed all year. It, might, it may be the it first might time be. you've yeah, seen him it, hit right-handed. Well, I'm, you know, having listened to Smoltz on these telecasts, I'm not sure that this isn't the first time he's seen the Braves. I think it is, <laughs> and and that's that's wild to me, but whatever. You know, it's much like Alex Rodriguez said in the post-game show, and I'll, I'll give him credit for this for sure, is, you know, like you said, the Dodgers could take – innings eight and nine and use that as innings one and two to kind of take that momentum into tonight's game but that being said it's almost deflating when you can score seven runs in two and innings lose. and lose so it's kind of like crap what do we do you know it, you're not going to get that opportunity again I don't think especially against this Atlanta Braves bullpen what right. I, what you have to do is you have to you've got to jump on their starter, and I'm just not sure that Kyle Wright's the guy that they can jump on either. Yeah, I mean, um, the way he threw against Miami. Now, certainly, Miami's not L.A., but but Freed and Anderson have 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 duplicated performances, so he's going to be coming in with about as much confidence as you can come in with, given that performance that he had against Miami. Ian Anderson, and they said this last night is pretty amazing ian anderson is the first pitcher since 1905 christy matthewson <laughs> to to start three postseason games go at least four innings and not give up a run that's amazing that's i mean it, it doesn't get much more when you're talking about duplicating something that the only other time it happened was 115 years ago it's a mean, long time. That's a long time. I feel pretty sure that the number of people that were around for both those performances is a very short list. Yeah, it's definitely not John Tyler's grandson anymore. Yeah. He recently rest passed in, away. Rest yeah. in peace. So, <laughs> anyway, today is October 14th. And if we're talking about the Braves, I need to mention this. Because it is the... Speaking of John Smoltz. The anniversary of probably the most iconic play in Atlanta Braves history. As today is the anniversary of Sid Bream's slide into home plate against the Pittsburgh Pirates to send the Atlanta Braves to the World Series. When Sid slid. So here's my question. It's been 18 years? No, it's been... 28 years. Sorry, yeah, 28 years. My bad. Said Alabama math. Yeah, I, look, I forget that it's 2020. I wish it was. I was. I'm still thinking it's 2000 <laughs> in my head. 
You know, it, it's been a, it's been 28 years since this happened, and every single year we talk about this. At what point does Sid Bream go, hey, uh, you know, I, I did other things. I didn't just <laughs> slide one time. Like, do you get do you get tired of that if you're if you're Sid Bream? Uh, to me, though, I think that the slide is the most memorable, but I think it's kind of the tip of the iceberg really for him because, you know, he came in, Terry Pendleton came in that year as well, and they kind of solidified and gave credibility to what the Braves were doing right about then because those were two veteran guys who had had some success, Bream in Pittsburgh, Pendleton in St. Louis, and kind of set the tone for those young guys coming behind them at a time when when that franchise was starting to turn the corner uh, i mean they that moment really started the team of the 90s mm-hmm. the the entire that that situation. whole that whole mantra it, it set that entire tone it for really a decade did. it yeah. set the tone for a decade and that's what's impressive you want to get really nostalgic in right center. If he hits one there, we can dance in the streets. The 2-1. Swung line drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Bream. Here's the throw to the plate. He is safe. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. I get chill bumps just listening to that. Yep. Every time. Sid Bream. <laughs> He's down at the bottom of a huge pile at the plate. They help him to his feet. Man, you Skip Carey. Yep. Wow. Mm. Rest it, in peace. It really is impressive. And you know what's funny about that? Andy Van Slyke tells a story that he tried to get Bonds to adjust into a into a situation where that play would, would not have been what it was, probably. And Bonds just kind of blew him off, which shocks no one. No shock there. Yeah. Yeah, we know all about Barry Bonds blowing people off, don't you? Go figure. <laughs> you know firsthand, as a matter I, of fact. I do kind of know firsthand. That That's another story <laughs> for another day. But, yeah, I, I do kind of know firsthand about Barry blowing folks off. Oh, man. So, you know, again, we talk about Sid Bream. Everyone in Atlanta history knows who Sid Bream is. Everybody in Atlanta sports fans, they all know Sid Bream. They all know about the slide. So, I guess if you're going to be – I mean, my – my thought is, at least you're known for something. So whether or not you get tired of hearing about the time you slid in the home plate once, at least we know who you are. At least you're being talked about. Yeah, because you know who's not being talked about? <laughs> Marcus Giles. <laughs> or the pitcher that uh, threw for Pittsburgh. Who was that? Who was that? Yeah, see, nobody remembers that. That's a heck of a question. But and, it, and you know what? I don't remember who that first run that was on third base. Who scored that? Was that Lonnie Smith? Who was that? Uh, I don't know. We'd have to go scour some box scores. Because That's the thing. I, do not know. I don't know. That don't. That only tied the game, though. Yeah, that that run. Well, the run at least extended the game. Whether Sid was out or not, thank yeah. God for that. Sure. But yeah, I mean. But yeah, as far as Atlanta Braves fandom goes, you're right. He he. I would think he's got to enjoy it. I don't think it's something you would get tired of, but but I can see your point. Like you said, I I did a lot of other stuff. I, that, that's, 
<laughs> I, was, I, I played first base pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I thought. It's kind of like kind of like the guy that introduced me at the newspaper where I, we were celebrating my 20-year anniversary and talks about my great high school coverage. You know, I covered Peyton as sophomore and junior year. Right. <laughs> I covered two of three UT women's basketball national championship teams in a row. You know, I, I I did some other stuff, but not that I'm not proud of my high school coverage. But career. yeah, but, like but, I, but I did but, other things. Yeah, I, I did some other stuff. And so so I know how Sid feels. I mean, <laughs> you know who else you don't remember? Mike Mordecai. No, you don't. The only reason I remember Mike Mordecai is because his family owned the sporting goods store in Gadsden, Alabama, and yeah. Huh. That's the only reason I know who Mike Mordecai is. That's, that's interesting. We but, might we might have to come up with our most obscure Atlanta Braves <laughs> as our top five next week. Oh man, it's a it, if they're in the World Series, it'll be top five. Uh, yeah, something with the Braves. I can tell you, I, I'm y'all. This is this is exciting. I never thought the Atlanta Braves would be in this situation. Um, here's what I have to give credit to. What Ian Anderson has done in this postseason is an absolute credit to the folks who said no to bringing him up too early. Hmm. The last couple of years, I'm like, we've got Ian Anderson. Why is he not pitching? Why are we pitching Kyle Wright when he's he's stinking right now? And we've got this guy just waiting in the wings. Why are we not bringing him up? And And this is why. This is the moment that we were waiting for that this organization was waiting for to find the time to put him in the situation where he would be comfortable in a high-pressure situation. Kudos to this organization. They have not done very many things wrong. We talk about free Pache. We talk about <laughs> uh, we talk about what um, the other outfielder, oh, Drew, Waters. Uh, Drew Waters. Look, at this point, whatever. The yeah. only thing that they've done is keep Ender Enciarte on the roster for too long, and they finally rectified that in the postseason. Well, and there's going to be some hard offseason decisions that have to be made beyond Enciarte. Um, Nicky Doubles. Nick Marquette, even after last night. Yeah. Who, he was, by the way, very important. <laughs> he was. He was. But, um, I mean, when you look at the full body of work, I can't see him being on this roster in 2021, but I'm not necessarily ready to discuss that yet either. It's uh, it's going to be anyway. Lots going on, and in, in the Atlanta Braves world, we're really excited about keep oh, continuing no to talk about it. But we can't hold off any longer. So when we come back from a quick break here, we're going to bring in Tennessee State of Tennessee Sports Center for the Associated Press. Teresa Walker to talk about what she's doing and how cool it was to see folks inside Nissan Stadium last night for the Tennessee Titans massive win over the Buffalo Bills. We'll also talk about how dumb some people are uh, in the media world. Timing is everything. Timing is everything, yeah. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint.
When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 26 minutes past the hour, 27 minutes now. It changed on me as I said that. 27 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock here in Columbia, Tennessee. We now bring in AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Have you ever gotten an introduction like that? That's pretty good. I, you know, <laughs> many of you, did you record that so I could you know, <laughs> use that as my uh, text ring? Or, That's your you ringtone now? Your ring back tone so everyone has to listen to it every time they call you. Well, I do have an interesting ringtone. Uh, somebody put, uh, put together uh, a, an intro for me last late last season of all the times that Mike Grabel says, Teresa, Teresa, Teresa. <laughs> so uh, that's so the good. current ringtone on my work cell phone, so I will admit to that. Well, uh, this will be available on a podcast later today, so we'll, if you want we'll to take cut it out that out you. and um, use it, we can we can make that happen. <laughs> well, I might. I tell you, though, it, 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 it's – been an interesting two weeks i will say that i mean i've covered this franchise since they moved to the state uh you know games in memphis vanderbilt uh, the run to the super bowl you know there's been a lot of news made by this franchise over the years but over the last two weeks it it, it was at a different level as one of the top stories not just in tennessee not just in the nfl but in the country as the first uh, nfl team to deal with a COVID 19 outbreak and then to see what they did last night, guys, uh, that was nothing short of impressive. I mean, use all the cliches, circle the wagons, backs against the wall, everybody against us, uh, and we, we're all we got. But uh, Tennessee Tough, if you saw the Titans video that they put out yesterday, which uh, was nicely well done on their part, but uh, that was a performance. They, let's put it this way. The Titans made the Bills, who were 4-0, coming into this game and people were looking at them as one of the best in the NFL, not just the AFC. And they made them look like the Jaguars. At one point last night, I texted you. I don't know if you saw it late or if you saw it and ignored me because you were busy, but um, I texted you. I think it was at some point in the third quarter and asked which team had the COVID issues. Yes. And, and and trust me, after I wrote uh, with my colleagues' help in Buffalo, feeding me all sorts of wonderful tidbits, but, you know, what, once I wrote what we called our breakout story on the Bills, I mean, you know, Bills fans were, you know, like, wait a minute, we had people out, we didn't have Tredavious White, we didn't have, their other starting, starting cornerback was put on IR last week, uh, you know, but guys, they started Josh Norman. Josh Norman, who had a really good game against the Raiders a week ago, the Ra wow. you know, a, a Raiders, a team that beat the Chiefs, and Josh Norman, a guy that 
Derrick Henry <laughs> turned into gonna... meme <laughs> legend of the. I mean, how many? I, I've lost count of how many I've seen. I mean, you know, NFL memes has a good compilation of some of them. Uh, CBS Sports HQ had one where he was essentially out of the world. I, I do like the one where he's turned into a DJ Jazzy Jeff and thrown out of the house. <laughs> Uh, but hey, Dave you know, Foster had a nice one of him getting thrown across the Cumberland River. Nice, uh, but that's the thing. You know, this is a, 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 the Titans still don't have. They've got so many guys still missing. I think they still have like seven, and I'm not even counting Isaiah Wilson, who's been on the reserve COVID list since September 6th. You know, they've got. They had. I'm counting by my count seven key guys that were not available to them yesterday that includes Camille Correa, Christian Fulton who they activated off the reserve list yesterday mm-hmm. but then put them on the inactive list cuz that would have been a lot to ask of those guys to suddenly go from you know being on that reserve list dealing with this virus and then suddenly playing a game you know they've got to work to get some of these back they were very lucky the two guys they absolutely needed back last night Daquan Jones and Bo Brinkley and they got those two guys back uh, but this is still a team that you know, it is undermanned, depleted is the word I used. And the Bills people are like, well, wait a minute, we had this, we didn't have this, we didn't have this. And it's like, people, you're not dealing with a COVID outbreak where a disease that they're having to check EKGs and things like that before you can come back to play. And they could practice. At least they could practice. That was my point. Yes, indeed. The Titans, let's not forget that. 16 days between games since they last left the field in Minnesota, September 27th. They had a walkthrough on, on Saturday because they hadn't done anything officially as a team in, in, in two weeks. And they had a practice on Sunday, a practice that was limited to coaches, players, and trainers. And Ryan Tannehill said they had a couple of uh, coaches filling in in the DB area to help them get through that Sunday practice. And then a walkthrough Monday, uh, day before the game. So they had two walkthroughs, one practice, and then went out there and showed that here's where I think their continuity, guys. You know, 10 of the 11 starters back on offense from the team that was in the AFC Championship game. And then you look at the uh, across the board on defense, you know, that yes, they've had some changes there, but this is a veteran group, and they were able to pay attention and closely monitor through the Zoom meetings and the attention to detail. And I know that they've been hammered outside of Nashville for those uh, sessions that they had on September 30th. But, uh, you know, the DBs gathered at Rose Park next to Belmont. Uh, You know, we all know about the session at NBA with Ryan Tannehill and a group. But they were still expecting to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. And if you play football at all, you understand the challenge that comes with suddenly you can't go from zero to 60 in a heartbeat against the Steelers, a team that is known for playing physically. So they were trying to get in condition, but they were doing most of this preparation by Zoom together in meeting virtually and then went out and put that smack down there. Smackdown is the the correct terminology. It really is. Actually. Yeah, yeah. The scientific term. <laughs> no question. And and so Teresa, uh, as Chris was mentioning earlier, we're we're sitting at lunch yesterday, and a certain media outlet puts out its NFL power rankings, and I guess because it's Tuesday, it's when they come out. But yep. they had the, <laughs> they had the Bills listed fifth in those power rankings and the Titans listed eighth. I mean, I think in retrospect, maybe they're wishing they had held on to those a day. 
<laughs> yes, I did see one this morning that had the Titans uh, fifth overall. Uh, I didn't look to see where their bills were. But, you know, and guys, this is nothing new. I've covered this team since 97. Uh, when the Titans are good, you know, even when they were good, you know, power rankings weren't quite the thing back in, you know, from 99 through 2003 when they were kind of at the height of their power in, in this uh, tenure here in Tennessee. But the idea that – this team just gets kind of ignored, and the fact that they've been in the you know the news nationally for two weeks now for this outbreak, we've seen the calls, the calls for them to forfeit games, which was never going to happen because the NFL that's going to be mm-hmm. the worst last case scenario that they ever go to. Why? Because the other team has to forfeit paychecks as well. Okay, nobody wants to do that in the NFL or the PA. Um, then you had, you know, they're like, oh, they had to be doing something wrong. And, you know, we saw last night, Jay Feely said that Goodell told him they did not willingly violate protocol. <coughs> Sorry. Let me catch a, bre- a drink real quick. <coughs> Sorry. Very dry this morning. And You're then, right? you, you know, yeah. Uh, too many allergy medicines. What can I say? <laughs> not, a, not enough hydration this morning. But, you know, they were wanting fines, draft picks taken, you know, suspend. I mean, you know, I don't know if it was Florio or what said locally on radio last week, you know, million dollar fine, you know, suspensions for Robinson and Mike Brable for the rest of the year. And it's like, wait a minute, are we? Are we suddenly talking bounty gate? You know, even Spygate yeah, two for the uh, Patriots only got a one point one million dollar fine. And you know, I I was on the NFL call yesterday with Roger Goodell, and I had the first question for the commissioner, and I asked him how this review was going, and about the possibility of punishment for the Titans. And what he made clear was that you know that it's you know they're trying to deal with this situation. It's not about punishment. It's about keeping people safe. You know, so there's been quite the bloodlust out there to, to just hammer the Titans. And I don't understand it. It's like they're looking for a scapegoat. It's like, oh, no, it's in the NFL. Let's blame them. And, you know, leave, leave, get away from us. And it's like, you know, as, as Kevin Meyer said on Saturday, we weren't trying to be the team that got COVID. You <laughs> right. know, nobody is. And as the, if they, if the, and the proof is, in fact, that the NFL and the NFLPA has tightened the protocols over these last two weeks. And Dr. Alan Sills, the chief medical officer for the league, who actually lives in Franklin, said yesterday that they have learned a lot in the last two to three weeks. That's why they have adjusted their protocols. It's why they're going to be doing game day testing is to try to close every loophole that they can to stop this disease from ravaging teams. Yeah, I think that's one of the the big issues is that the Titans followed the protocol in place. It just so happened that the the poor kid who got who brought it to the facility tested negative and and was carrying it. It's not like they cheated and they certainly didn't get covid on purpose to get a competitive advantage. <laughs> but but again, you know, going back to the power rankings with the the Bills at five and the Titans at eight, you know, before the game is played, it's just like we talk about it with the Atlanta Braves. They just don't get any respect. And it and that sounds like, you know, sour grapes on the fans' p- part to some degree. But I, I think it's it. I don't. I don't really know any other way to explain it other than just well, a lack of respect. I know who can explain it. Well, that's the story of my life. No respect. No well, respect. Rodney Dangerfield can tell you. Yeah, I get no respect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was better than the original. <laughs> but here's the thing. That's, that's exactly it. This franchise has to go out and own it. I mean, you know, 
and and guess what? They're doing just that. I mean, uh, I I, re- I retweeted this morning, and it's an incredible stat. Uh, for anybody who's not sure, Ryan Tannehill's number since becoming the Titans starter, 14 starts with the Titans, and it compared to the last 14 starts for Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP. And guys, what we're seeing, both have the same record, 11 and 3. Uh, Mahomes has like 72 more passing yards. Uh, but guess what? Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill has three more touchdown passes and a better passer rating so and i saw a stat on tv that uh since the start of 2019 you know tanny hill's got four scrambles for a touchdown and you know so he he is putting together a season that uh and production here in tennessee with this offense and with these players that could have him in the mix for mvp talk at the end of the season now i do think that russell wilson is running away with that award right now but you know the titans are if they keep playing this way people are going to have to pay attention to them and they're going to have to notice them they're second in the league in red scoring touchdowns in the red zone they're sixth in points right now ninth in points allowed defensively uh and that's a huge reason and why they're 4-0. And Tannehill is really putting in check those folks that were saying, well, the league is going to catch up to him. Well, you know, there's no way he can maintain this given what he did in Miami, that kind of thing. Maybe it's not him. Maybe what happened in Miami was Miami. Oh, Mo, you're completely right. I mean, I saw one meme last night uh... – that, uh, you know, hey, Lev, look what happens when you get away from Gase. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I've, I'm a kid who was born south of Miami, so I've been a Dolphins fan most of my life. I used to watch Brian Greasy play. I've got play. a cousin that played for Miami. See? And, and if you have any connection and have followed the Dolphins at all over the last decade, for sure, you know how dysfunctional that program has been. Changing coaches. I mean, shoot, look at the Dolphins. They drafted Ryan Tannehill, a guy who'd only played a few, you know, relative few games in college, converted receiver mm-hmm. as their quarterback. And, you know, he is just what we're seeing as an athlete. And, you know, here he's got Derrick Henry. He's got, you know, an offensive line. You know, things that Miami struggled to put into place for him in with the Dolphins. And, uh, oh, yeah, he's got a good coordinator in Arthur Smith. So uh, it, it, it does matter who you play with, who you're coached by, and who you're surrounded with. And, you know, that's the thing. There's a reason why the Titans signed him to a four-year contract. Remember a few months ago when people were like, oh, that's too much money. Don't pay him that. Get him for $16 million a year. He's just not worth that. And it's like right now the Titans still – at $118 million over four years, got a still. Yeah, and, and when the talk was that they were signing him and not signing Derrick Henry, you know, this is such a quarterback-driven league. Um, I mean, I certainly would not advocate for not having Derrick Henry on this team, but this is a quarterback-driven league. And obviously they were able with J-Rob to get the best of both worlds and get both those guys signed. And obviously you're – reaping the rewards of it and hope to continue to do so for a long time to come. Well, exactly. And, and here's the thing, you know, the two of them together on that offense, did you see how many times I think Brian Baldinger had a great video breakdown this morning. The bills were working to stop Derrick Henry, you know, Derrick Henry is averaging like 3.7 yards a carry and they are daring Tannehill to beat them. And they beat them last night without two of their top three receivers. You know, he was throwing, you know, a 20 yard dime to Khalif Raymond. 
on, you know, on third and 20. Uh, he, you know, AJ Brown hadn't played since September 14th and he comes in, boom, uh, seven catches for 82 yards. Mm-hmm. I think the final numbers were so, and a touchdown. So, uh, they're able to make those pieces work. And right now, Derek Henry isn't complaining. He, you know, he's been Alabama eyes. So he knows that teams are trying to stop him and he is more than happy to get the yards when he can. And oh yeah, toss a defensive back on the ground when he needs to. <laughs> I really need to see a Derek Henry stiff arm compilation video. Oh, some, we need to put that out on the I don't, you you know, know, web so that somebody will do that. Twitter only allows two minutes and 20 seconds. I'm not sure we can get them all in there. Well, you know, you might have to yeah. do it on YouTube then, but, but that, that yeah. needs to happen. Somebody needs to make that happen. Oh, I, I completely agree guys. It, what he does with that and his, his line last night, I mean, Derek Henry doesn't, you know, share, you know, it, it's tough. He's a tough nut to crack, so to speak, but you know, his line that he has to uh, work on those curls or ease up on the curls. Ease up on the know, curls, I, yeah. That was tremendous. Uh, there are any number of defensive backs in the NFL, some that are out of the NFL, Earl Thomas, who would um, agree with that assessment. Ease up, on the, <laughs> ease up on the curls, D. Henry. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Josh Norman, Earl Thomas, uh, everybody in Jacksonville. Pretty much, it, it's it's fun to watch what they've done to those guys. Absolutely, Teresa Walker, AP sports editor here in Tennessee. Thank you so much for for taking time again for joining us. It's uh, it's always a pleasure, and we look forward to having you on more often, especially as this Titans season continues. And I I have to imagine, especially in a couple of weeks when they play the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it, it, think about this: the Titans have the uh, Texans coming in this weekend, and uh, yeah, the Steelers. Uh, I'm trying to remember when they play the Ravens. Oh, yeah, November 1st. So it, this could be another AFC showdown of two undefeated teams. And for, for the top spot, at number one seed at the moment in the AFC, who would have ever thought that? Got to thank the Raiders some for that, though. That's okay. That's what happens in the NFL. And, you know, guess what? I, I got a feeling Mike Vrabel has got uh, – talking points to keep guys on point and this is a veteran enough team i don't see their heads getting that big might have happened to the bills though (laughs) go figure all right once again Teresa walker ap sports editor here in tennessee we appreciate your time thanks so much thank you so much chris and mo talk to we'll talk to you soon t there we go absolutely (laughs) all right when we come back it is wild and wacky wednesday we've got Ridiculous stories of snake encounters, school bus. Snakes on a plane, though. Not snakes on a plane, no. School bus, um, escapades, and Halloween decorations that are so scary. People keep calling 911. And all that and more on Wild Wacky Wednesday. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Born and Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game, 
You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. All right, welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. It is Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Wild and Wacky Wednesday is brought to you each week by JJ's Barbecue, Columbia's longest-running locally-owned barbecue restaurant since 1998. JJ's Barbecue has served Columbia with a smile. Visit their website at jjsbarbecue.com. That's barbecue with a C. To order online or visit them at 900 Hatcher Lane right here in Mule Town. Yesterday, as Maurice and I are perusing the the Williamson County area for potential advertising sponsors and friends of the show. Hint, hint. Yeah, in case you're out there listening and you want to be an advertiser, help us not to have this happen again. Oh, good Lord. Because <laughs> we're leaving a parking lot in Franklin, and I, I turn the corner, and I just stop the truck, and Maurice was like, what's up? Just go around here to... And I was, I said, <laughs> do you not see that snake just sitting there in the parking lot? And he was like, no, back up. I backed up, and it, he was like, oh, whoa. So you were in the car? We were in the car, thank God. Okay. Well, yeah, well, we were, actually, we were actually in Chris's Forerunner, okay. which made us way better off than the Corvette uh-huh. that encountered that the That eventually snake. encountered it. Oh. Yeah, so... Here's the thing, though. Mo has the the guts to get out of the car to walk up to a his former classmate, who is a potential advertiser. Okay. Outside his car, and the car is parked right next to the snake. So Mo just gets up. He's like, uh, "We'll be all right." We're just sitting there talking to him, snake, five feet away, literally five feet away. I don't know, man. I don't think it was five. I think it was more like ten. But it was probably but it, socially distant. Uh, y- yes, <laughs> but barely. But barely. Not not socially distanced nearly enough. Yeah. For me, yeah. it was not. It was. It, I was not. A, I was not was, a fan. It was the craziest thing I've seen in a long time. I mean, I'm. I'm I'm not a big snake fan. Anybody that knows me knows that. So to hear you say that will take some folks by surprise. Well, this was not a small snake either. No, I don't know what it, it was. It wasn't a garter snake. I no. mean, it was it, it was it probably wasn't poisonous, but it wasn't like I, I wasn't trying to get close enough to find out. No, not at all. I think it's safe to assume that when you encounter a snake, always assume it's poisonous. Mm. That's right. Oh, yeah. Right? The only one I know is the only one I know of is uh you know red or ye- red touches yellow it'll kill a fella red touches black <laughs> stay the heck back no it's oh. a, that one's okay <laughs> the red and black is good the red and yellow is bad if it, red if red, you, and red yet touches yellow you're in trouble okay but anyway that's only like one type of snake though it's like a king snake or something but this snake I mean it was it was pretty bad uh, it, it's probably good for we never saw it fully extended from, you mm-hmm. know. But, but it was pretty long. It was coiled up. It was certainly big. coiled up after the Corvette ran over it. <sighs> oh, nice. He didn't see it. He didn't. Yeah. yeah. And he ran slap over, and then when he fi- when he hit it, he hit the brakes and slid. On the snake. On the snake. <laughs> On his front driver's side tire. We have But pictures. what's funny, we were we were sitting there, like, like Chris said, I was talking to my classmate, also Chris, 
Chris Yao was standing the other side of his vehicle because he wasn't trying to get close. Uh, and, yeah, I was and, on, I was on the the side rail. And this vet comes through and just runs over him, and it's like in the movies where everybody goes, "Oh, yeah. you know, all three of us." <laughs> yeah. So we just posted on at sm underscore tn sports on Twitter. I posted a picture of both the snake and the Corvette that ran over the snake. Uh, this guy, he he didn't realize it was there, and the picture we have is actually of him taking a picture of the snake. Wow. So anyway, um, as Wild and Wacky Wednesday continues, let's talk a little bit about an 11-year-old boy from Louisiana who is now facing criminal charges after authorities said he stole a school bus, crashed into several cars, but drove the school bus at a high rate of speed for 45 minutes. JP, could you drive a school bus for 45 minutes? It would be tough, although I got to admit, I've always wanted to drive a bus. Don't ask me why. That's weird. Like, I've always yeah. wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe not as an 11-year-old, but, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, it's a crazy story. So here's the best part. So he's driving this bus, right? <laughs> yeah. he's but, just, but wait, there's more. There's he's, more. Just, he's just going. I mm-hmm. mean, he's just like... And the video, I don't know if you've seen the video, but he flies through oh, an yeah. intersection. Uh-huh. Apparently, at some point... He flipped the cops off. Oh, nice. <laughs> As he's driving the bus with one hand. He's only driving with one hand because he's flipping the cops off with the other one. And, and I mean, is it a straight shift? Is it an automatic? What is it? I mean, that he's driving it with how, one hand. How could he reach the gas pedals and still he's see? He's 11. Yeah. It's amazing. Anyway, the whole story is just wild. And wacky. It's wild and wacky. That's, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Oh, and finally, I want to talk about a couple in uh, Riverside, California, who has a Halloween fire decoration so realistic, people keep calling 911. Hold on. California has a fire Halloween display? Yeah, that's kind of mean. That's just kind of wrong in the situation, right? Yeah. Apparently, firefighters who responded to the Riverside residents were so impressed with the faux blaze that they high-fived Travis Long and told him, great job. For being called out on a false alarm? I I guess. I mean, what are you going to do? You can't be mad at the guy. It's a fake fire. It's not like he he called 911. (laughs) (laughs) So you can't be mad at him. You can't put the kid in trouble for having fun, for being happy. As Cat Williams would say, you can't put <laughs> you can't put him in trouble for being happy. If you missed yesterday's uh, top five comedians, go back and listen to it on the podcast wherever you get your podcast. SM T N Sports today, you can search on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, or on our website. There's a podcast tab on SM T N Sports dot com. Cat was not Kat in was, our top. Cat five. was not on any no, of our top wasn't. five lists. But that's okay. He's a great one. Mm. Um, but yeah. So, do you guys do Halloween decorations? Uh, more. Fallish decorations. Although Halloween is probably my wife's favorite uh, holiday. Probably the same. Probably more fallish, less Halloweenish. More, more pumpkins and harvest. Yeah, especially since the youngest kid is now 21. So, yeah. so for me, I love Halloween. Yeah. We don't decorate for Halloween. We do have a, a one of those wooden door hangers. So Sarah used to make yeah. wooden door hangers, and we have one. That looks like candy corn that says trick or treat on it. Do you guys eat candy corn? No. Mm-mm. Candy corn is delicious. No. 
I will die on this hill. You will. <laughs> anyway, big fan. Um, lots of uh, – I'm a big fan of haunted houses, haunted okay. trails. We have several of them here. Yeah. Really excited about going to see some of those this, this fall. Uh, and the weather seems to be getting just about right for it. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, Halloween, saw a movie on Netflix. Uh-oh. Um, that is new Hubie Halloween, Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah, I uh, did see that. It's it's actually, it's 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 entertaining. It is entertaining. It's mild, it's um, kind of off-kilter and lighthearted, which, you know, I think we all could agree that we need more of in this current state. So, but uh, check it out. If you're a fan of Halloween, it's uh, Adam Sandler at his best. It's basically like a Halloween version of the Waterboy. <laughs> Perfect. I, I love Adam Sandler slapstick stuff. It's great. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, that's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. That's brought to you each week by JJ's Barbecue, Columbia's longest-running locally-owned barbecue restaurant. Since 1998, JJ's Barbecue has served Columbia with a smile. Visit their website at JJ's Barbecue. That's spelled out, barbecue with a C, dot com, to order online or visit them at 900 Hatcher Lane. Oh, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday as always. Tomorrow, we will break down every local high school football game coming up in our coverage area on sm-tnsports.com. Make sure to listen in. Mostradamus will be in the house with his crystal ball. We've got so much And more. you keep your hands off of it. Yeah. I never touched it. I you, just looked into uh, it. Well, and it didn't work. Well, you did something right last week. Yeah. Uh, well, Did you sneak a peek? I did not last week, no. That I was two know. weeks ago. I got in trouble and... You got security for that uh, scared that mo. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. Ball security, yep. very important. There we go. So we have again every high school football game in our coverage area. We'll talk about on Thursday. On Friday, we'll have some other games as well from around the state. And really excited about high school football coverage. And we will talk to you on Friday about what happened Thursday night at volleyball and soccer matches. This is. Our favorite time of the week because hump day is over. We're on the downward slide. We appreciate you guys being here. Mo, tonight, 5 o'clock. Yes, sir. First pitch, Atlanta Braves, NLCS, Dodgers, game three. Mr. Uh, who's pitching? Right. Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright. Right. He'll be, on the, he'll be on the hill. The price is right. That's right. We're really excited. Right man at the right time. Mm. All right. Mm. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay cool, Columbia. Cool